Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The McDonald Laurier Institute is holding a webinar next week. Canada's broken promise to Afghanistan. As Afghan citizens who worked for and assisted Canada during the decade-plus conflict there, our involvement there was a decade-plus, continue to flee for their lives from Taliban hunting them. Now, you know, we've spoken with former interpreters who joined us from Afghanistan who talked about how terrified they were about being discovered by the Taliban and what would happen to them and what would happen to their families if they were, in fact, caught. It's a it's an extremely disturbing situation, an enormous humanitarian crisis, and uh, we're going to talk about this. So the, there's going to be the uh, the webinar at um, the McDonald Laurier Institute, Canada's Broken Promise to Afghanistan. That'll be December the eighth at ten thirty p.m. You can go to visit or events rather at mcdonaldlaurier.com. Events at mcdonaldlaurier.com. We spoke some about this yesterday with Major General Jeff Schlosser, who is the former commanding officer of the 101st Airborne Division of the U.S. Army. He uh, commanded that division in Afghanistan for 15 months. He talked about his concerns. Joining us now to uh, to share his thoughts, Lieutenant General Andrew Leslie, retired former commander and chief of staff of the Canadian Army and former member of Parliament. General Leslie, thank you very much for the time, and thank you for your service, sir. Well, thank you, and thanks for what you do as well. I appreciate that. Uh, we hope to be uh, joined by uh, uh, Christopher Alexander, Chris Alexander, the former ambassador to uh, to Afghanistan. We're just not able to connect with the ambassador at this time. So we have this enormous humanitarian crisis underway in Afghanistan. We've talked to uh, General Milner, who you know very well, about the situation there. Most Afghans who assisted Canada during the Canadian deployment are not outside Afghanistan and they've not been rescued by Canada, and they face torture and death if they're captured by the Taliban. General, please speak to us about that. Well, you hit the nail on the head. There's about thirty to 40,000 Afghan citizens whose paths crossed with Canadians, and they were very helpful in helping us to help them uh, fight the good fight and keep their country as safe as possible. Um, there's been about 4,000 of that 40,000 who managed to get out. A couple of thousand were brought out by the airlift, which wasn't terribly well done. That's the Canadian airlift at the height of the crisis. And since then, less than really three or 4,000 have made it to Canada. So that leaves between 30 to 35,000 who are still languishing at risk of their lives in Afghanistan. So this is not our finest moment. No, and I find it, uh, it's, it's, it's rare to have senior military officers, former officers, members of our military speak out on issues where, in fact, it challenges the, challenges the government, not only the sitting government, also the opposition parties. And uh, when I spoke with General Milner last, we had just talked about the safe houses, the funding having run out, and the safe houses having been closed and people evicted and ejected from the safe houses and left really to their own means and devices and trying to escape from uh, from, from the Taliban. What, res- what level of responsibility does our federal government still have, General Leslie? What do you want to see done? Well, certainly more than what's happening right now. Um, as mentioned, less than 4,000 have made it out. Yeah. 
there's an organization, there's several organizations out there. The one that Dean Milner has been involved with is called VTN, Veterans Transition Network. Go to vtncanada.org, and it tells you how to donate. And thanks to their efforts in the last couple of months, they've brought out, and I'm just looking at their website, 1,596 Afghans. And this is a non-governmental organization which has been asking for government funding and hasn't received a penny. So literally a couple of million dollars could save quite a large number of lives. And yet the government is spending hundreds of billions of dollars on other activities and items. So I'm kind of hoping that a bunch of folk will get together and get hold of their members of parliament and suggest that the government donate to the Canadian Veterans Transition System and contribute to getting Afghans who helped us fight the good fight out of that country. Yeah, vtncanada.org. I spoke with members of Canada's military who served in Afghanistan and who told me that the interpreters, and we spoke with interpreters as well as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, who told me that interpreters, Afghan interpreters, went out on the front lines with them, unarmed, and they would often be the target, the first target for the insurgents, because you eliminate the interpreter, you eliminate an important um, part of the chain of getting the mission complete and getting home safely. And they said very clearly that these interpreters saved Canadian lives. And these were Canadian soldiers, members of Canada's military, who had served in Afghanistan, saying these interpreters, the Afghan interpreters, saved Canadian lives. It is Deeply disturbing and deeply troubling, General Leslie, that the government has taken what appears to be advantage of photo opportunities, has said things like, well, you were there for us, so we're there for you, and that's disappeared, it appears. And it is so disturbing, and it, 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 it's, it's something that we need to really need to challenge. Would you speak to, the, to what the interpreters meant and what the Afghans who worked with Canada over that 10-plus-year period, what they meant to the Canadian effort? Well, um, they were inseparable from the Canadian troops that they were supporting. And, of course, they were often the first targets because they stood out. They wore slightly different uh, attire. They did not have a weapon. They were the ones who were doing the interaction with the tribal elders. Uh, It's inconceivable that they would be left behind when we so precipitously withdrew, but they were. All right, so what do we do to make sure that their lives are as safe as possible? There are a number of them that are being executed because they served Canada against the Taliban, and we have to get more of them out. And the only way that seems to be working is not the government's efforts per se, but organizations of Canadian veterans who share this passion for the interpreters and their families and all the other great Afghans that gave us a hand fight and a good fight, as I mentioned, they need resources to get out. Not much is happening. Yeah, desperately painful for Canadian veterans who served in, in Afghanistan to understand this and who had a relationship with the interpreters and got to know about their families, got to know about their lives that they served alongside them. It must be just absolutely uh, devastating for many members of our armed forces who served in uh, in Afghanistan. Yeah, and of course, for Afghanistan, I mean, the Taliban were ousted by the Americans essentially 20 years ago, 
Um, at the time, they imposed harsh rule, neglect to provide basic services. Uh, they took misogyny to a new level of low. Uh, their abuse of human rights was legendary. And the same gang is now back in power. So they are targeting those who, who fought or who provided assistance to those who were fighting against the Taliban, such as Canadians, Americans. And they are victims right now. And, of course, a whole bunch of them were told to go to Kabul by a variety of governments, which made yeah. me stand out. They're now falling easy prey to the Taliban as they carry out these revenge attacks on them. The interesting twist to all this is essentially the Taliban are holding their own citizens hostage. A whole bunch are facing the threat of starvation or freezing to death this winter because social services have essentially collapsed. So in this chaos, the true nature of the Taliban is reemerging and they're engaging in murder and rape and pillage. And one large segment of these targets are the are the interpreters and the drivers and the guards that, that gave us invaluable help. General Leslie, I understand and I support the idea of Canadians getting onto their members of parliament and, and demanding action, demanding that we that we really follow through with our commitment to at least forty thousand Afghans who find themselves in this untenable, and many of them in absolutely critically dangerous realities. But you were a member of Parliament. You understand how it works in that building. How significantly reacted to our um, efforts by Canadian citizens? So if Canadians get on to their member of Parliament and they say, we want to see things done, we demand this be done, are we listened to? Well, the more people who get hold of their member of Parliament, the more great radio hosts <laughs> who invite these issues to be debated and discussed in their programs, the more television shows, the more governments respond. Look, a variety of promises were made. The prime minister promised to bring 40,000 out. That hasn't happened. And it's been over three and a half months since the air bridge ran out of time. President Biden made the decision to withdraw and Canada stopped the air bridge a couple of days ahead of everybody else. Bottom line is only 3,000 people were brought out. That leaves a lot to fulfill that promise. And there's an organized look. If the government doesn't want to do it or can't find the wherewithal to get it organized, there's organizations that are doing excellent work in rescuing Afghans. Right now, I've already mentioned one, VTN Canada, Veterans Transition Network, and they've got a bunch of of uh, Afghan vets who are helping them organize and reaching out to their personal networks to the Afghan communities across Canada and based on their own experiences to contact these Afghans in Afghanistan and provide funding for safe houses so they can hide from the Taliban who are hunting them. Yeah. You just think about that. You hear the words hunting them. And we spoke with interpreters. I'll say this again, and our listeners heard it in Afghanistan, explaining what would happen to them if the Taliban caught up with them. Subsequently, I found that some of them had gotten out, some by their own means, others with the assistance of Canada, but then they found themselves in another country stranded. Uh, the Canadian government wasn't doing anything to move them out of that country into into this nation, and they were at their wits' end and at their economic means' end as well. So it's it's not an impossible reality for our federal government 
to step up and and make a difference. I understand the private organizations are doing it, and God bless them, and let's support them. It's Christmas. Let's do what we can to help where people really need it. But it's not an impossible task for the federal government. You know, the, the, the McDonald Laurier Institute points out, and here, let me just read this sentence. The contrast with the significant enthusiasm to welcome and support Syrian refugees could not be more stark. We've done it before. We can do it now. And we've got to get it done, um, especially as the winter snows approach. Yeah, it's th- there's there's a huge issue as well. And um, General Schlosser talked about this yesterday and, and the concern about mass starvation uh, in Afghanistan, the, the huge national cost. And, and, and it's pointed out again in the MLI uh, webinar information that you'll be participating in. Um, a generation of young women has grown up understanding that they have rights and they can go to school and they can uh, build careers and build lives as they wish. And now the Taliban are reverting to the way they were. That that must be extremely painful when that's considered what this, what's happening to this generation of young women. It is. And one of the, the great accomplishments of our collective 20 year effort, Canada was there for 12 was that, 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 that flame of hope is flickering, um, but it was burning bright about the last 10 or 12 years. You had Afghan women who were uh, members of the judiciary or police chiefs or district supervisors or fighter pilots, uh, senior officers in the armed forces, uh, judges, teachers. Of course, they've all been sent home. And in part, that's contributed to the collapse of the social services and indeed the government systems because those women were performing sterling work and actually keeping the Afghan government running. They've all been sent home, and a variety of uh, thugs have taken their place. The same people that were kicked out 20 years ago. Uh, And their spots have not changed. They are dangerous leopards, and they're preying on their own people. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.